We just thank the Lord for the opportunity to hear the word today. Today, we're going to be coming from the topic of watering your faith. Last time, you know, we're in our seven-part series on faith, and last time we were talking about the mustard seed faith, or faith as a mustard seed, and what we learned last time is that faith comes by hearing, hearing the message of God, and the message is heard through the word about Christ, which is our our verse in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. We also learned that in order to grow up our faith or grow up in our faith, we have to hear the word, read the Bible. We have to listen to messages that stir our faith. We have to guard our ear gate, make sure that we're not listening to messages that might um, cause us to doubt God's ability or doubt God's word. And then we have to speak. We have to communicate things that are responsive to our faith. We have to speak the word of God over our circumstances because the words that come out of our mouth have life. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And then um, we have to share our experiences with God. We have to write our story, tell our story, tell our family's story. Make sure we share our story with others so that it'll help build their faith in God. And then also we have to read other stories of people around the world who God has delivered and set free in the areas that we may be facing, okay? So we have to saturate ourselves with the word of God. That's how faith as a mustard seed grows. And now today's topic is dealing with watering our faith because in part one, we dealt with planting our faith, planting the word of God on the inside of us, reading the Bible and all the things that I just mentioned. Now we're talking about watering our faith. So what does the word faith mean? We discussed the biblical definition, but let's talk about the common definition for faith is that faith is a complete trust or confidence in someone or something. It's a strong belief in God or in the doctrines of a religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. Catch that. Rather than proof. It's based on what you believe rather than proof. And then we, of course, we know the biblical definition. It says now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So if you notice here, the biblical definition and the common definition kind of mirror each other. Because even in the common definition, it says based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. And in the biblical definition, it says it is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Meaning there is no proof to support it, but you believe, you believe, or you trust God, you rely on God. And so what is water? Water, what is the benefit of water? Well, water has the power to purify a thing. It has the power to um, bring purity and clarity to something. It can provide deliverance. And it can also destroy evil and the enemies, as in the stories of the flood and the flight of the children of Israel from Egypt. So if you notice throughout the Bible, God has used water for multiple things. And there's several scriptures that go along with that. There's Genesis chapter 6, verse 17. There's Exodus chapter 14, verses one, uh, verse 1, as well as 15 and 21. 
So there's different places in the Bible where God has used water. So we're talking about watering our faith. And so let's go to our focal scripture for today, which is found in Luke chapter 16, verses 10 through 12. Watering your faith. It says, one who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? Okay? Faithful. Watering your faith. And you say, well, how does that relate to watering your faith? Pay close attention. We have another scripture that's going to help you to understand. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 through 7. It says, I planted Apollo's waters, but God gave the increase. I planted Apollo's water, but God gave the increase. So then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Thank you, Lord God. Our first point today in watering your faith is that God is the one that gives the increase, not we ourselves. God gives the increase. Last time we were talking about planting your faith, planting the word of God on the inside of you, saturating yourself with the word, meditating on the word, confessing the word, listening to the word, removing anything that will take doubt, cause doubt in your life. Now we're talking about watering it. How do we water it? We be faithful. And guess what? God will give the increase. It's our responsibility to water our faith through persecution. And God will give the increase. So it doesn't matter what you're facing, what you're going through. We have to water our faith in God. And God will give the increase. How do we water our faith? We have to be faithful unto God, even through persecution, even through trials and tribulations, even through that situation that you're believing God by faith to deliver you and set you free from. You still have to water it, and you water it by being faithful unto God. That's how you water your faith. You remain faithful unto God. Let's look at the life of Joseph as an example. You remember the story of Joseph and all that Joseph went through? Joseph had a plan from God, and he knew it at a very young age. And he was bold enough to tell his brothers and his father about it. And his brothers were already jealous of him. And so they became angry. And that's where the enemy came in. The enemy tried to use his brothers, Joseph's brothers, anger and jealousy to try to stop the plan of God. But you got to really look at the life of Joseph. See, some people look at the life of Joseph and all they see is the dream. All they see is is the coat. All they see is prison. But they miss the important messages on humility and faithfulness unto God. 
which allowed the plan of God to come forth in Joseph's life. They missed those elements. So let's look at the life of Joseph from a different perspective. So here Joseph had the vision from God, the dream from God. He knew the plan of God for his life. He didn't understand it. He wasn't mature enough yet to understand it. He was a young man, but he knew it. He didn't know to hold it to himself and pray on it and not blast it before his brothers and the whole world. He didn't know that. He wasn't mature enough yet. How many people in the body of Christ open their mouth about everything that the Lord showed them because they don't know, they're not mature enough yet to know that the plan of God for your life is not about you. It's about him and what he wants to do in your life. Let me say that again because some of you missed it. The plan of God is not about you. It's about what God wants to do in and through your life. It's about him. It's about God and God only. So that doesn't make you special because God called you to certain things. It doesn't make you somebody because God called you to some things. Remember, it is God's sovereign choice. God chooses whom he will to do what he will in their life. So when Joseph was a young boy, he didn't understand. He was immature. Like a lot of people now who don't understand that the gift that God gave you is not about you. The plan for your life is not about you. And it's not to bring glory to you. It's to bring glory to God. See, the plan that God had for Joseph's life was to save the people. And to give God glory. So let's look further. So Joseph was kidnapped and he was abused by his older brothers. He was sold into slavery. But even in the midst of that, he remained faithful. And God gave him favor. Favor was upon Joseph. Because as we look, Joseph had plenty of opportunities to sin. He had opportunities to turn his back and run and, and go in the opposite direction of his faith. But he did not. He remained faithful. When he was given the opportunity by Potiphar's, Potiphar's wife, he refused to lie with Potiphar's wife. He refused her advances. He literally ran away from her. When he was falsely accused, he didn't become bitter. He didn't take it out on other people around him. When he was wrongfully imprisoned, Joseph was wrongfully imprisoned. There are people today that are falsely accused, completely falsely accused. There are people that are in jail right now today that are falsely accused. I don't mean people that did something wrong and just don't want to take responsibility. I mean 100% falsely accused, did not commit the crime. There are people that spend decades in prison, almost go to death row. And I submit to you, there may be some people that have been executed that 100% did not commit the crime. Joseph never became bitter. He never took it out on anyone else. He remained faithful unto God. He remained faithful unto God that when the cupbearer and the baker came to him with dreams, he interpreted the dreams accurately. Nowhere in the Bible does it say he tried to get something for his interpretation. He tried to abuse or exploit his gift in order for 
him to get something in exchange for his interpretation. He didn't do that. He remained faithful unto God. Even when he was forgotten for two years after interpreting the dreams of the cupbearer and the baker, he still remained faithful. And the entire time that he remained faithful unto God, if you read the scripture in the story of Joseph, which begins in Genesis 39, you'll see how God protected him. The favor of God was upon him. And every step of the way, he was being elevated. Favor was upon him. Because he, re he continued to remain faithful unto God. So even for two years as he, as he was forgotten, he remained um, favor. He remained faithful. And then one day, the day came. After planting and watering his faith, the day came. Our first point is that you must remember who it is that gives the increase. God gives the increase. The key ingredient is that you have to remain faithful unto him. But now it comes to the point where God is ready to give the increase. Our second point is that you must remain humble. How do we water our faith? Be faithful unto God. Be humble. Remember, it is God that gives the increase. So if we turn in Genesis to chapter 41, Genesis chapter 41, and verse 15 through 16. Now remember, Joseph at first, when he was immature, when he was a young boy, didn't know any better. God gave him a vision and a dream, and what did he do? He went running his mouth. He went telling his brothers, telling his father. He misinterpreted, didn't understand that it wasn't about him. It was about what God was doing. So Genesis 41, after Joseph has gone through being kidnapped, abused, sold into slavery, put into Potiphar's house, remained falsely accused, remained faithful, falsely accused, in prison, all of this time has gone up. He's grown up in persecution because he was a young man when this started. He'd grown up in persecution. He's grown up in trials and tribulation, and he's remained faithful, even being forgotten after he accurately interpreted the dreams of the cupbearer and the baker, forgotten for two extra years. Here's the time where God's ready to begin to give the increase. In Genesis chapter 41, verse 15 through 16, see, at this time, Joseph had finally been remembered. And someone said, oh, yeah, the young man Joseph that's in prison, he can interpret your dreams. Pharaoh had a dream. And none of his wise men could interpret it. But the favor of God was on Joseph. And so they remember, oh, yeah, I remember this young man. He's in prison. He's in charge over there in the prison. But he can interpret your dreams. Anybody can interpret your dreams. He can interpret your dreams. So they went and got Joseph, put him on some decent clothes, and brought him before Pharaoh. And watch what the adult Joseph said as opposed to what the immature Joseph said a decade before. Here, Joseph says, 
in verse 15, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one can interpret it, but I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Hear Joseph's response. I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. So in this case, Joseph acknowledged that it is God that gives the interpretation. He has no power, but God has power. See, the adult or the mature Joseph understood that his spiritual gifts were, one, not about him, and two, he couldn't do it in his power, but it is only the power of God that manifests these spiritual gifts for God's glory, not Joseph's. And if you notice in here, Joseph did not say, hey, Pharaoh, you let me out of prison, I'll interpret your dream for you. How many people are ready to give their gift away or sell their gift, their prophetic gift or any other gift out there just to get personal gain? Joseph did not do that because, see, the process of time and going through the persecution, the trials and tribulations that Joseph went through matured him enough in the faith that he understood, I've got these spiritual gifts for one reason and one reason only. Now, that didn't mean that Joseph forgot about the promises of God and what God showed him in a vision. No, it just means that Joseph grew up enough spiritually to understand that it wasn't about him and that at whatever time frame that God decided that the promises of God would manifest in his life. He understood that he needed to water his faith by being faithful unto God until the season came when God would elevate him and do in his life what he had promised from the beginning. And see, some of you have been lost right there because you haven't matured enough to allow God to do in you what he had shown you years ago from your childhood, what he's going to do in your life. Because you're still thinking it's about you. You still think it's about your gift. You think it's about your personality, your ministry, your this, your that. It's not about you. You need to grow up real quick. The longer it takes you to grow up, the longer you're going to be going around in circles. Because it's not about you. God is never going to give his glory to another. So you're wondering what's taking you so long for you, for God to give the increase in your life? Check yourself. Check your soil. You planted a seed. Check how you're watering it. Are you watering it enough? Are you being faithful unto God? Or are you taking it as if it's about you? Because it's not, beloved. So here, Joseph responded to Pharaoh to let Pharaoh know that I can't do anything. This isn't of my own. This is a gift from God, and it is God speaking through me to give you the interpretation. That's what Joseph was saying to Pharaoh. So the next time somebody tries to glorify you for the gift God gave you, you need to look them square in the eye and say, I can't do anything. It is the power of God that does it. It's not about me, and I'm not going to let you make it about me. Not only that, 
I'm not going to prostitute my gift. I'm not going to try to get recognition. I'm not going to try to get paid for a prophecy. I'm not going to try to get paid for a dream interpretation. I'm not going to send my resume to a church and try to get hired as the church house prophet. I'm not going to try to get out of a jammy jam that I know I shouldn't have been in, but still I'm in because I got the spiritual gift. Therefore, I'm going to make it make room for me. That's not what the scripture says. That's witchcraft. You need to go sit down with that. You headed right back to the same prison you've been in all your life with that. Why? Because it's not about you, beloved. It's about what God wants to do. Every single opportunity you get, no matter what you're going through, you give all the glory to God. And you let people know when they come to you, when they send for you, when they ask about you, this is not me. It's not my doing. All glory belongs to God. So the grown-up Joseph, the mature Joseph, understood. So Joseph humbled himself before Pharaoh by admitting that it was beyond his power to interpret dreams. God alone could give Pharaoh the answers he desired. He did not ask Pharaoh. He didn't bargain with Pharaoh. He didn't threaten Pharaoh. He didn't even use the interpretation to scare Pharaoh. He simply spoke that which the Lord gave him, which was the interpretation for the dream, so that Pharaoh would understand what God was saying to him. How many real prophets out there? How many people out there who really prophesy? May not be a prophet, but you have the gift of prophecy. You prophesy. And then how many Christians out there, because any Christian can prophesy, can be led of the Holy Spirit to give a prophetic message. How many times do you twist what God said just to get what you want? How many times do you prostitute the gift or try to make yourself more than? How many times do you extract from the gift? Or try to add to it. Just to try to elevate yourself. You need to right now in your heart repent. Say, Lord, forgive me. I know this came from you. Any area of my life where I have abused it, Lord, forgive me. I repent for it right now. Never again will I make that mistake again. God's not condemning you. He's enlightening you so that you don't end up being condemned. So here's your opportunity right now. God, forgive me. If I prostituted this gift or any other gift you've given me, forgive me. In Jesus' name. So here we see from the life of Joseph that he humbled himself. How do we water our gifts? How do we water our faith? We remain faithful unto God. And be humble, acknowledging it is God that gives the increase. Another thing we have to do is faithfully wait for the promise. We have to faithfully wait for the promise. That means we can't rush God's timing. We can't. Now, if you look at the life of Joseph, and there's different theologians out there who may say one number of times, 
versus another number of times. So this is just a number in our research, which we understand. But if we look at it, Joseph was sold into slavery about the age of 17. Come on, don't write me no letters, send me no emails, text me, call me, or Facebook me, and say, no, he was 15, no, he was 18, no, he was 12. I don't want to hear it. For the purpose of this message, he was about 17 years old. And we understood that he served for about a year in Potiphar's house before he was falsely accused and imprisoned. And then roughly about 10 years he served in prison before he interpreted the dreams of the cupbearer and the baker. Come on, you math people. We're adding up here. And then he was forgotten for how many years? Two years before he was brought before Pharaoh. So some theologians believe he was about 30 years old before he was presented to Pharaoh. Faithfully wait on the promises of God. God may have told you something and you are impatient. And so you're running and running and running, trying to do it in your own strength. You got to remember, number one, it is God that gives the increase. It's not about you. It's about what God wants to do. Therefore, you can't do it in your own strength and you cannot do it in your own timing. Watering your faith. Whatever that thing is, you can't do it in your own strength and you can't do it in your own timing. Faithfully wait on the promises of God. Pharaoh stood before Joseph. Joseph stood before Pharaoh at 30 years old. 13 years have passed. 13 years. 13 years had passed. There's something prophetic about that. 13 years had passed. There's something prophetic about that 13 years that had passed before Joseph stood before Pharaoh. It was at that moment when Joseph was humble enough to acknowledge God in his gift that God gave the increase, that God showed favor upon Joseph, and he became second in command. It was at that instant. See, God can instantly change your life like the woman with the issue of blood. For years, she had gone about suffering from one doctor to the next. Oh, but when she touched Jesus, power went out of him, and she was instantly healed. And when Jesus recognized it, he said, who touched me? His disciples tried to tell me, everybody's standing around, basically, paraphrase, everybody's standing around, 100 people touch you. You don't know who touched you. Come on, Jesus, let's go. Jesus said, no power has gone out of me. See, faith produces the power of God to move. It's the recipe for the power of God to move. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So when Jesus perceived faith had met with power, he knew a change had taken place in somebody's life. 
Therefore, he said, no, no, no. Who touched me? Whose faith touched me? See, all these people were around Jesus. It was a crowd. But one woman's faith touched Jesus. And her life was changed. And that's why Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Because your faith has touched me. So you've got to plant and water your faith and then trust God in his timing to give the increase. Because it is only God that gives the increase. And during that process of time, when you're going through your persecution, your trials, your tribulations, your season, when you're waiting on God, you've got to be faithful unto God. You've got to do what is right before God. And then you've got to humble yourself. you got to faithfully wait for the promises of God to manifest in your life. That means don't get out there too early trying to do it in your own strength or do it in your own way or make it about you. And then when others try to make it about you, you quickly correct them and let them know, listen, this is about God. I can do nothing of my own self. It is only the power of God and for the glory of God that this is done. You've got to patiently wait on God. Joseph waited 13 years. He understood. He grew up during that season. So some of you are going through a season right now. It's time for you to grow up. Grow up quickly. Don't wait 13 years. Grow up real quick and learn that it's not about you. Just right now, just say out of your mind, it's not about me. It's not about me. Okay, I got it. Not about me. It's about God. He's the one that gives the increase. I'm going to faithfully serve God. You got to make the declaration out of your own mouth. I'm going to faithfully serve God. Another thing we learned from the life of Joseph is that God could trust him in persecution. See, if God can trust him while he's going through persecution, that means God can trust him when he's elevated. Y'all missed it. If God could trust Joseph during persecution, false accusation, if you can be trusted by God while you're being falsely accused of something you shouldn't, shouldn't, should not have even been accused of doing because you did the total opposite. You did the total opposite. Joseph literally ran from Potiphar's wife. It's not like he indulged a little bit and went back. No, 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 no. He didn't indulge at all. He totally ran. Totally, completely ran. So God was able to trust him even through those years of persecution, false accusation for years. He stayed under the shame and the stain of false accusation for years, for a decade. And then forgotten two additional years for a total of 12. Plus the one year that he was a slave or a servant in Potiphar's house to begin with. So for 13 years, Joseph remained faithful, waiting on the promises of God. How long have you been waiting for the promise God gave you? For that dream, that vision that God has put in your heart? Now, how many of those years have you done so faithfully? without murmuring, complaining, 
without blaming God, without giving up on God, without making it out with the, about you, without walking out of the things that God has for you, that you know he has for you. Do you realize Joseph could have gotten angry while he was in prison and said, I'm not interpreting nobody's dream. I give up because God promised me this and it hadn't happened. How many people say I'm not serving the Lord because God promised me something and it hasn't happened yet? I'm talking to you. God is talking to you. Get back on your post. Get back on your post. I'm speaking to you prophetically. Get back on your post. If you walked out because God hadn't done something that he promised you, just because he hadn't done it yet didn't mean he's not going to do it. He's a God of his word. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on you. Get back on your post. You need to repent and get back on your post. How many people walked out? I mean, people that just totally said, you know what? I'm not doing nothing else for God because God showed me this. I know God showed me this and it hasn't happened yet. So I'm done. No. Joseph could have stopped interpreting the dreams at any point. He didn't have to interpret the dream of the cupbearer and the baker if he didn't want to. He chose to faithfully wait on the promises of God. He chose to honor God. If he had to spend the rest of his life in prison for something he did not do, he chose to honor God. You have to choose to honor God with what he gave you. Because you have to trust God and have enough faith in God to understand that if he said it, it's coming to pass. You need to check the author of the message that you're waiting on. Is the author God? Then it will happen. How does God give the increase? Well, Joseph's life is one example of how God has done that. Joseph's life is one example. We have to remember that we are nothing, but God is everything. We have to remember that the plan of God will manifest. God will give the increase. If we remain humble, we faithfully wait for him, and we remain faithful unto God, not unto man. If we make it about God and not about ourselves, if we let everyone else know that tries to make it about us. You know, people will try to make us their Lord G. God. They try to make people their Lord G. God. They try to make pastors and ministers and prophets celebrities. And unfortunately, some of you have fallen into that trap. And you actually walk around here like you are a celebrity. Funny how the pandemic has shut the celebrities down. You got some churches that are going around here, and their parking lot's just as empty as some of the smaller churches. And they're wondering, well, what happened? You're not the real God. You're a Lord G God. The true and the living God is the only one that needs to be exalted. The only one that needs to be exalted. Everybody will fall. Every knee will bow to the name of Jesus. Every high thing that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God, it shall come crumbling down. There is no kingdom above the kingdom of God. And every kingdom must bow. 
to the name of Jesus. Because God is the only true and living God. Jesus Christ is the only true and living God. And his name is above every name. So it's time that we put things back in order. We talk in church about order all the time. But we really don't understand what order means. That means God is the head and the center. And beneath him is everything else. So stop exalting yourself and your gifts and your ministry and your money and your lineage and your quote-unquote family name above the name of Jesus. And then you wonder why you're going through persecution and tribulations. Now, we understand that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that the enemy is not attacking people. He definitely is. It is an attack of the enemy to try to stop the plan of God. But what we're learning from the life of Joseph, yes, the enemy tried to stop that plan. He tried to derail it. But what we're learning from the life of Joseph is how God gave the increase in spite of the tribulations through the persecution. And that is because Joseph remained faithful unto God. He remained humble unto God. He became humble unto God. And he faithfully waited for the promises of God to manifest. And on your own, you can read the scriptures from Joseph in Genesis chapter 37 through 41. of our scripture today. And so as I close, I want to remind us when we're planting our faith, reading the word, listening to the word, speaking the word of our circumstances, guarding our ear gate, closing off any doubt. That means who, no matter who it comes from, family member, loved one, friend, church member, whoever else, if they're speaking doubt, we're closing them off. And then we're watering our faith, remaining humble, being faithful, and faithfully waiting on the promise of God. We shall see God give the increase. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for your word that's gone forth today. We thank you, God, that it has fallen on good ground, and it shall bear fruit unto you. In Jesus' name, amen always.